Welcome to Highly Political, a podcast where two passionate ladies smoke weed, talk politics, laugh, and sometimes cry, with special guests from the world of comedy, cannabis, and politics. We haven't worked on Capitol Hill, but that's okay. We're paying attention, and so should you. We want you to be informed, like little democracy angels. So pack your bowl, grab some snacks, and let's get into it. And remember, when they go low, we get high. Tis the season for sweet treats, so we're smoking biscotti. Like a slight sugar rush, this strain keeps you up and buzzing. With dense nugs of dark green, it's perfect to kick off the holiday season. Trump spent his last Thanksgiving in the White House, although he may tell you otherwise. We hope you'd enjoyed yours, whether Zoom or in person, even if you have some MAGAs in your family. The first ever all-female White House communication staff is appointed, our kook of the week exploits labor, and our queen of the week continues to defend democracy with integrity. Although we're frustrated in the political landscape of denying facts, we have a new drip sure to deliver some sweet serotonin before you start your day. All right, T, line it up. Welcome back. Ah. <laughs> Just take another little hit and a little. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. <coughs> when the bowl is cherried. When the bowl is cherried. That's a nice little uh, remix. Okay. <clears throat> oh, Lord. T, how was your um, Thanksgiving for one? It was magical. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, I'm not going to lie. As uh, one thing I would like to clarify to everybody, you know, alone does not always mean lonely. (laughs) 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 I had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, I spent it at home with my little beach, Jacqueline, and a dog I'm sitting. And um, it was magical. Like, I got to make what I wanted to make. I got to make it when I wanted and eat when I wanted and smoke and drink some wine and watch um I watched that uh that movie on Hulu with Kirsten Stewart Kristen Stewart Kirsten Stewart Kristen Stewart Kristen Stewart um so I think it's called like the happiest season yep it was not good yeah I saw it as well <laughs> <laughs> I had really I, I wanted to really like it but I just thought it had too many like silly hijinks that made it cheesy i mean it's a christmas movie so i mean yes i watched that and um i had a good time i you know talked to some people i didn't talk to my dad on thanksgiving and talked to him like earlier that week i think like a couple Mm. days before um yeah so i enjoyed myself how about Mm, you i cannot say the same i uh (laughs) (laughs) no no i did go to one of those thanksgivings where the food, the person who was hosting, who I had never met, kept saying like the food was ready, but we didn't eat for like three hours, which goes back to your AA when I ate. I fucking hate Thanksgivings when we're just, wait. why are we waiting? Yeah. And I, I mean, it wasn't, I didn't even know this person. It wasn't my house. So I just, uh, I just. Your appetizers at least? No. No? I was by myself and I even had appetizers. <laughs> Well, you're like a gourmet food queen. So, wait, what was your appetizer? What was your appetizer? Um, I made Trader Joe's had these like frozen, um, like fried olive bites that had like cheese in the middle. So I put oh, in the air fryer. I saw those. They were pretty the... tasty. And I got some balsamic vinaigrette to like dip them in or glaze, I should say. And then this recipe on well, my mom's, it's like 
it's like ham with like cream cheese, green onions, and like olives. It's like a little roll-up situation. Mm. Tasty. You know who um, probably had a a somber Thanksgiving? Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, did you see uh, he had the... I can't remember what he was signing. I remember they had the little de- the little tiny desk he was sitting at um, when he was like, I think he was talking to the troops or something. And uh, people were like all clowning on him for that tiny desk. But apparently it's like a, <laughs> it's a signing desk that many presidents have used. But typically um, it's because there's like a group of people standing around them as they're signing something, you know? Oh. So it's like a traditional desk. But <laughs> Trump just used it like by himself. So it just seems so tiny and like you know very memeable um in the situation and then he like snapped on a reporter being like don't talk to me that way i'm the president of the united states don't you ever talk to the president that way i think they were just like asking him a question (laughs) (laughs) trump tiny desk let's see let's see yeah it's it's Uh, small it's a pretty tiny desk. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's it's like, because everyone's like, why do they give him the tiny desk? They put Trump on the kids' table on Thanksgiving. But apparently, I mean, it's a desk that all pres- most presidents, and I don't know, I can't say all, but other presidents have used to sign things. But normally, it's because there's a large group of people around them being like, ooh, ah, photo op. As he's- eh, you know, I'm not going to, I don't really care about this story. I don't know why people, blo- the thing is like, that's the, one, that's the one thing where some Trump loyalists are like, this president doesn't get a fair shake. Well, okay, he's an imbecile who does terrible things, but also like when liberals are just going to fucking clown him about everything, it's like, you know, pick there's so many other good choices. <laughs> like he's just right. doing this official thing. Right. That's why I thought it was so funny when I saw these like people making all these memes about it. And it's like, okay, guys, there's a reason behind it. But yeah. I'm going to give that a double tap. For uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going like it. I'm watching the, I think Reagan, I, I'm watching the Reagan docuseries, um, filling me with rage. And I think Reagan used that desk like at his ranch when he was signing the the, the tax bill that gutted the nation. Um, mm. The thing is, I didn't realize like I knew that the "Make America Great Again" was the Reagan slogan. Um, but uh, I and I knew that the president, like this administration and Reagan's administration, had like very similar I- ideals and did it. But it's it's like a copy and paste situation. Mm. Trump just like did everything the fucking Reagan administration did. The same thing. Reagan was the first person to put, um, you know, people in cabinet positions who didn't really respect the, the, uh, you know, subject they were they right. were hired to, like you know, EPA, uh, Interior uh, Department of Energy, you know, land right, management. Right. Also, some crazy things I learned was that, you know. <laughs> I, I've never, I've, I haven't liked the Reagans since, like, you know, my liberal college indoctrinated my mind. So I'm a crazy liberal hippie. But they did some such, like, oh my God, they were such hypocrites. When he won the governorship of California, he basically ran on redlining. Redlining, for those of you who don't know, is just um, discriminatory practices on who, who, has access to homes in nice neighborhoods and who doesn't and uh, it's a pretty black and white issue so that when he won governor nancy reagan they got to send a sacramento they didn't like the governor's mansion okay so she said this simply won't do 
Oh, she just was up to her standards? Yeah, it wasn't up to her standards. So then a friend of theirs bought a house in a posher, nicer suburb in Sacramento and um, charged them to live there $15,000 a year. Okay. Um, The next year, the state budget, like so the next year he was governor, the state budget included the rent to the Reagan's home and upkeep of the governor's mansion. What? So, and then when he, when he ran for president, not too many years later, they ran on welfare Queens in the welfare state. You just, you literally got the government to pay for your fucking house. Right. When Twice. You, I'm going to say, when you Twice. had a free house to begin with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just stuff like that throughout Damn. their whole tenure. They're terrible, terrible ass people. And Nancy Reagan's the just say no. Oh, right. <sighs> That's uh, that's next episode. We go and get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think something that I'm excited for uh, is, you know, the the uh, the Biden administration pumping out some hits and all female communication staff, the first in its history. That was dope. Um, and also, I've been reading a lot of articles about him canceling student debt. So. Um, he's proposing to, he wants Congress to cancel up to $10,000 of student debt across the board if you make under $125, $125,000 a year. I was like, damn, under $125? Jobs, yo. <laughs> Get that $10,000 credit. <laughs> I mean, this will personally affect me. I'm ecstatic. I hope it happens. And I hope if, I mean, if we don't win Georgia and the Senate um, doesn't, pass it because mcconnell and the republicans are evil um hopefully we get an executive order yeah i think that would be amazing and i, I stopped paying my student loans so i was like mm, let's put these on the back burner for a little bit see what happens in january which is such a crazy um burden so many people have for so long you know and yeah, it really sucks <laughs> the thing is too you have so much interest and you pay i've been paying my student loans for like nine years and not that much has been paid off. That's wild. Because of the interest rates. and ugh. Ugh. It's interesting, like, the whole entire, like, um, industries that are made off of fucking over people who are already, like, broke. You know, like. <laughs> yep. About that when, like, when you get, like, uh, insufficient uh, like funds charge on like an account that goes under or something it's like why would you let that charge go through if i had no money and then realize i had no money and then charge me 35 dollars for not having any money yeah i mean you get charged for being poor in this country yes. also uh real quick under reagan i mean i knew this i'm sure everybody but just a reminder that the wealth inequality gap skyrocketed under his administration mm-hmm. Leading to a boom in homelessness and, you know, has the far-reaching this, effects. Was this administration all the, the administration that closed down, like, all those um, mental health hospitals? Yeah, probably. Damn. <laughs> Damn is right. Uh, Biden can also make all marijuana legal. Ready for that? Ready for it to be legal everywhere? Drugs uh, offenses expunged across the board nationally. Let's get them out. Yeah, especially if it's legalized. And um, can you imagine being in jail for like 
like a third strike offense happening. I think there was some guy in like Mississippi or somewhere. He got like pulled over. He had like a joint in his pocket and got like life. So I think it was like a strike rule or something. And it's like now oh. you just see, you know, like moms on Vogue <laughs> yoga. I don't know, making millions of dollars. So that is some injustice. It's it's really important, I think, uh, as we focus on you know legalizing that we think about expunging people's records and releasing people from prison. Uh, yeah, I mean, couldn't agree more. And another thing I thought was really great that he could direct the Department of Labor to block companies from screwing workers out of um, no overtime oh. and could lead in a, a significant increase in paychecks. So, for example, this will bring us to our crazy old kook of the week. It's the crazy old kook of the week. Why you gotta be so fucking crazy? Uh, David Perdue, who, yes, he's running against John Ossoff in the Georgia runoff election. Um, he was the... T, you're gonna love... You're gonna love... You're gonna love these stats. <laughs> oh, God. He, um, he was the CEO of Dollar General in uh, the mid-2000s. And... Um, or I guess the mid-aughts, rather. And, uh, I already don't like where this is going. <laughs> he he made forty two million dollars um, uh, from two thousand seven to two thousand eight, and Dollar Tree is apparently I'm sorry. Notorious. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In one year, he made how much money? Uh, forty two million dollars. Okay. Um, okay. And I Just, will say the job he had before was at this place called. He wouldn't Polo qualify tax, for I that uh, student tax uh, cut. Sorry. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Purdue. Sorry, Purdue. Should have made seventy-two million this year. Could have got ten thousand dollars off your student loans. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so yeah, he made forty-two million. And the thing is, he came. He came from a different company where he was CEO, where the company like went under. So I mean, it's not like he was the CEO of a thriving company that moved to Dollar Tree. Whatever. I'm just like. Just highlighting some the mediocrity of people who can get narfi. I know I'm I'm annoyed at David Perdue too. Um, homegirl is whining. Uh, okay, so he made forty two million. Dollar Tree notoriously pays their workers either minimum wage or like nine dollars an hour. Wow. Um, they make less than Walmart cashiers. There's um, thousands of branches all over the country, and they so what they do is they'll have people who like, you know, stock shelves, but they work a lot of hours. Um, they'll say that they'll classify them as managers, quote unquote. And so they won't pay them overtime. And then the average manager, Ooh. quote, who um, works at Dollar Tree makes $44,000 a year on average. Wow. Yes. I, would like to, I would like to tell you, Somebody in, that, somebody in that executive team has worked at restaurants before and like uh, was a server who got tricked into being a manager and realized that managers would make way less than servers. Yo, that, yo. <laughs> and they just built their model at Dollar Tree around that shit. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought about too, T. That's exactly what I thought about. If you have worked in restaurants and you like fall into the hole of becoming a manager, I'm sorry. Unless you got like goals of, you know, maybe working at a hotel and you want to be the F&B manager there yeah, one yeah, day that, or something. But, yo, if they come to you and like, you know, you show like you have, um, you're a true leader. You're really responsible. Have you ever thought about coming into management? 
run away. As fast as you can to the right? middle of nowhere. Think about all those bitter managers that were like count out your tips for you. They're just, they're, they're mad because they used to make money too. They're mad. Um, so T, the, um, so David Perdue made 954 times the amount of a manager at Dollar Tree in that year. That's disgusting. That's fucking disgusting. That, I mean, how can you sleep at night knowing that kind of shit? You know, like, it'd be one thing if you, like, didn't realize. Like, imagine you found, imagine, like, you were running a company and then all of a sudden you found out, wait, I make 900 (laughs) times more than our, like, managers? We got, I like, that, my first day as CEO, we got to change some shit up. That's not okay. Like, because what's the point? Again, after $72 million, come on, guys. This This is, is too, when you think of, because I remember we talked about this a while ago, the the CEO class and how they love Trump. I think around there, it said the average CEO makes about 328 times more than their um, lowest paid employees. So this is where like the average, like there are some fools making 954 times more than the than people who are actually than like their work than their frontline workers. The people who are like making their true profit and doing like the manual labor. Yo, the the gut, these CEOs cannot fucking wait to automate everything. This shit makes me so sick. It just like makes me so sick the way we like uh, the uh, uh, the way we value different types of work and different jobs and and then assert value onto people because of that you know it just makes me so sick when people try to say it like oh 15 minimum wage to work at mcdonald's yeah right that's disgusting like why the ceo of mcdonald's i'm sure is making way more than 900 times yeah. what fucking the cashier is and the cashier's gotta deal with crazy people all the time all the time have you seen God, some of videos McDonald's like, right now like at the the fucking a.m shift no. The 1 a.m. to 7 a.m. shift. Imagine Oof. working at any of these fast food places with these like drive through lines that they're having right now. People like out there, like, you know, all fucking just uh, about to snap from being quarantined and this is like they're only outing out. And then like you forget, like, I saw some video where they asked this woman if she could, like, you know, could you just pull over to the side um, and we'll bring you your Dr. Pepper? Like the next orders are ready because probably they had to like change the. Or the syrup in the machine or something she goes so crazy starts throwing things at them won't move her car and i just i just will never understand the thought process <laughs> behind this like what what else is going on like when i see that all i can think is there is so much pent-up anger and aggression and sadness and um unfulfilled dreams and hopes and just so much inside your body that you chose this moment to let it all out on a 16-year-old during a pandemic who says, like, we're, oh, sorry, we made your fries with the salt. If you pull over to the side, we'll get them. I don't know. It's just so wild to me. I just. Not there's just, a Trump voter. It's a Trump voter right there. Oh, I'll just never understand. I, I'm thankful that I don't understand it. But I want to be empathetic, but it's just. Okay, whatever. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, produce well, a dick. He um, also is a climate change denier, but apparently. He lives in a um, a affluent seaside neighborhood that is currently building seawalls for the rising tides. 
this motherfucker. This is this is why the this is why the Orange County people in Newport and Huntington who are all Republicans piss me off because they live on this beautiful beachfront property and they vote to make it ugly and disgusting and poison it. Yeah. Um, he received $180,000 from oil and gas companies for his um, senatorial campaign. Come on, Georgia. Come on, Georgia, please. <laughs> please. Let's get rid of him. I don't know. It's just... Yeah, no. I think what uh, John... What's his last name? Ossif? Ossif. He's only like 33, right? I don't know. I think he's like only in his 30s. Yeah. So let's <clears throat> get some young blood in there. Come on. He has not done a good job handling uh, your coronavirus response. Nope. So come on. Oh my God. We... <laughs> well, if I swear, yo, if, he, yo. if Purdue loses because people write in Trump, oh my God. Oh my God. Chef's kisses. What's his face? Don Jr. is. is like the face of a new pack that's putting eight million or like eighty million dollars in Georgia to, to get people to come out and vote. So you know what? Like even they know that voting is important. As right. as Rudy and that other chick are just losing in court. Sydney Powell. Apparently, I didn't realize she was a uh, Flynn's lawyer. Yep. <laughs> people are crazy, bro. And he lost. He had to be pardoned. <laughs> I mean, I just yeah, Trump pardoned Flynn. You know, I, what, a, what a surprise. I just think that's so, it's, it's just so wild. Like, <laughs> like, how can you pardon somebody who has connection to a crime you committed? I mean, <laughs> I think you just answered your question, T. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just so wild. Like, I understand, like, uh, you know, the presidential, like, power to, like, grant pardons, but I feel like there needs to be, we need to kind of look at this again and, you shouldn't be able to pardon somebody who lied to Congress basically on your behalf during like your impeachment <laughs> process. <laughs> you know, like that just you know, and again, the green light that gives to people to be like, "Hey, just do whatever I say," because in the end, I got you. I'll pardon you right before I go. The I mean, the great thing is, I'm scared for 2022. I mean, that's a couple of years away, but there's some gerrymandering. The gerrymandering, the house is really going to be a fragile up at stake. But it is, it is crazy how Donald Trump and the Republican Party just eating themselves. Like, Donald Trump, you sold your soul for him, and now he's his his hijackers of the base are just saying write his name in. Yeah, they're saying like, yeah, don't vote write his name in because can you even write someone's name in during the runoff i don't i actually don't know i don't think you can i don't think it's like because you couldn't you can't like write somebody in in other like um senatorial races right yeah you're right so i don't think you can even write donald trump in but i do know you could they could abstain from voting which will fuck with their numbers since the numbers are so close to begin with plus the reason they're having the runoff so again like i said couple apps ago last up i i think one of the greatest things of our constitution is our right to peacefully protest and if this is their way of protesting um the quote-unquote stolen election yeah. <laughs> you know as an american i support their right to do that mm -hmm. and i suggest you know if you if you firmly truly believe in this you should maybe that should be your way of protesting i don't know i don't know <laughs> and once again um early voting for that runoff begins uh december 14th 
And the last day to register is December 7th. Let's get on it, folks. Get All out. our Georgia hey, listeners. Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> T, I understand that you have some world news that you would. Oh, yes, yes. So in uh, France, there have been some protests going on uh, about police brutality and also against a new a law that the government is trying to put out that would make it a crime to circulate an image of a police officer's face. Um, uh, so there was about 46,000 people marching in Paris this Saturday. Um, and <clears throat> the new bill basically is sharing images of on-duty police with the aim of harming, harming their physical or psychological integrity will be punishable up to a year in prison and a maximum of 45,000 uh, euro, about $53,000. So obviously people are so like, this, so this is saying if somebody's filming a police officer doing a bad thing, you know, they see something and they just film them. They're not allowed to do that. So I think the, the issue is, is that the, the law currently is written so broadly Right. I think that the underlying intention is that, you know, not to uh, it's to um, try to prevent like doxing of police officers and getting like their okay. information and their addresses of their friends and family and, and shit like that out there. Um, but people are seeing it more as a uh, surveillance, uh, you know, um, and taking of like their freedoms of you know, if I, because I get it for me, I, the way I'm interpreting it, it's kind of like a slippery slope, right? You know, right. what, what, how, how could you say that I'm not just recording because I see the police doing something wrong. And then you could just say that I'm um, trying to, you know, dox them, you know, and put well, their I mean, face and put their information out there. Right. Well, and, I mean, are other professions in this, you know, it's just police. Why don't we make it just every professional? Right. And something else is written to the bill that allows them to use like drones and uh, have more access to circuit uh, cameras. Um, so people feel like there's more surveillance and like it'd be used against journalists and protesters. And the other reason this is people are really lit about this is because just recently, there was a video that was captured on phone and on like a, like a security camera of this uh, black producer was walking down the street. He wasn't wearing his mask and he saw like the police car and you know, it was against like COVID rules, like not to wear your mask there. So he's like, oh shit. So he like ducked into like the studio and apparently they like followed him in and like beat the shit out of him and like harassed him. I wasn't sure what the police um, like, uh, their like side of the story was of what happened, you know, prior to that video coming out. But clearly the video came, came out and it, you know, the guy was saying, you know, if I didn't have this video, the police could have lied about me and said like oh, I was yeah. violent and all this stuff. Um, Look, so. There's a long history of doctored police <laughs> <laughs> accounts. Okay. Right. Um, so, and, and it was interesting. People had a, uh, uh, protest signs that said things like police everywhere, justice nowhere, police state and smile while you are beaten. Um, or some of their signs. Ooh. And even the United Nations Human Rights Council has made an extraordinary intervention to critique the innumerable problems of the bill and called for the French politicians to not support it. So some, some nut in parliament or whatever the French government's called just draft this up, is proposing it? Yeah, like it, it, it passed... I mean, I'm not exactly sure the names of how their systems works, but it basically passed what I would assume is like our rendition of like the house. Okay. Um, so they introduced the bill. Yeah. And so then it's supposed to go on next, but uh, 
I don't know, people are, are uh, criticizing their president. I was like, wait, it's not a prime minister. Their, their president <clears throat> kind of saying, yeah, that this is his way of kind of like appeasing like the far right. Um, so I don't know. It's an interesting. It's so funny how, how far right, like they're just, <laughs> yeah, they're just such dummies, honestly. Like <laughs> they're, they're the ones who, who beg for small government and st- stay at, don't tread on me. I mean, that version and that version in French, don't tread on me. And, uh, <laughs> and then they're voting for more surveillance. Right. Uh, uh, more, more of a surveillance state. Okay, well, yeah, because they, no. they think because they think they're immune to it because they don't think, right? You know, they think they're on the on the team that's going to with the binoculars. It's like, bro, <laughs> you're not part of the one percent. Like, okay, like get it together. You're with us here. You know, like that's the thing that's so interesting about like capitalism. It's like majority of us are not capitalist. We're like the labor force. <laughs> I mean, that work for the capitalist. <laughs> so. I don't know. Just we're all cogs in the system, my yeah, people. Come on, it's, it's just wild. So you know, and it's just also interesting to see you know some of the things that are, are parallel in other in other countries, and um, to see the people out there. And um, I don't know. I feel like the French don't play when it comes to making their voices heard about what's going on in their government. They are some real protesters. Yeah, and they got like a history of protesting and uh. You know, overthrowing governments. So y'all better. Uh... <laughs> Can you hear the people sing? <laughs> y'all, that's my fucking favorite song from a musical. <laughs> oh shit! But uh, yeah. So that's what they're up to in Paris this past weekend. But man, I saw that their picture of the guy that the cops beat up. I was like, oh man, I couldn't imagine oh, getting beat like that. That shit no. just would be so wild. I couldn't. Even, I mean, I've never really like you know. My brother and I used fight. to wrestle when we were kids, but yeah, if, I don't. I would not be able to handle a beat down. Multiple people beating you? No, I'm feisty. I'm gonna start biting. Yeah, I mean, I would be talking <laughs> shit the whole time and probably like, but yeah, they would. Uh, I can't bite even. their shins like an animal. <laughs> freak them out. <laughs> they have to back away from me. <laughs> Like on second thought, <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> Take my calcium pills. These teeth are strong. Dude. Um, yeah, so that's um my in this thing. awkward in this awkward transition, speaking of France, uh we who's our queen of the week, T <laughs> <laughs> Real jump, real jump in my head. Smooth. Um, <laughs> our queen of the week is Chris Krebs. Queen of the week, queen of the week. It's the queen of the week. Yes, yeah, so he just recently, this Saturday, was on 60 Minutes. And um, as you may or may not remember, he is a lifelong Republican who was put in charge of the agency handling election security by President Trump two years ago. And um, when he told America that this was the country's most secure election ever, uh, Trump fired him. <laughs> <laughs> Because it disputes all the false claims <laughs> Trump has made saying otherwise. And he fired him in a tweet. Um, 
but I think it was just really interesting. Um, I didn't actually watch it. I just read the transcript. Um, but I, you know, it was interesting to see like, you know, how, how this cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency um, had been working on securing elections for since for the last two years, you know, it wasn't like his office started like six months ago. He's been working, I think actually like working on this for the last three and a half years, but got this sub coming over the last two years. Um, but he was saying that one of the things that they focused on to ensure that this was a more secure um, election was paper ballots. He said paper ballots give you the ability to audit, to go back and check the tape and make sure that you got the count right. And that's really one of the keys to success for the secure 2020 election. 95% of the ballots cast in the 2020 election had a paper record associated with them, compared to 2016, about 82%. Oh, no surprise. <laughs> Nothing about that is surprising. I mean, like, to me, that is just so... I just feel like that's unrefutable, like, information. You know what I mean? How... And so then he continues to explain how, you know, you know, there's claims that, um, you know, machines switch votes from Trump to Biden. Well, you know, that's some of like Sydney Powell's and people's like claim right, right, that, 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 that there was a sophomore hack yeah. and like, you know, the, the machine companies are run by the deceased. Yeah, Hugo like Chavez. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but he was saying, like, again, that information is refutable because 95 percent of the votes have a paper ballot to back them up so like places you know you would fill out your ballot and then you put it in the thing and that's what scans it you know and you sign it off like so everything has a paper record so even if the, even if he's like even if those machines did do that, that he's like it didn't work <laughs> because the hand recount shows exactly what the computers or the information given mm-hmm <laughs> so, and Arizona certified Biden or final like today and, and so did Wisconsin um, Biden just keeps winning yeah he said they yeah I mean that's the one thing he's just keep winning and winning and winning and winning and winning um, but um, he said before the election as the president called mail-in ballots fraud his team released a report highlighting the safeguards built into mail-in uh, voting his agency knocked down rumors and exposed an Iranian plot to intimidate voters. Um, he said on election day, his team assembled a command center to defend the vote. So there were people from uh, the Department of Defense of Cyber Community or of Command, National Security Agency, FBI, Secret Service, representatives from the Election Assistance Commission. Uh, who else was there? Local governments. Uh, people from the equip the election equipment vendors because they're crucial because if something goes wrong with the machine, obviously they're supposed to know the machine best to like troubleshoot it. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> and like, and they're in on that day. He said it was quiet. There was no indication or evidence of any sort of any hacking or compromise of election systems on before or after November third. I mean, Chris Krebs did a good job at his job, basically, job. and then was fired for it. Yeah, and. He, he said, he asked, when asked if he was surprised that he got fired, he said, I don't know if I was necessarily surprised. It's not how I wanted to go out. I think uh, the things that upsets me the most about this, about this is I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to my team. And I worked with them for three and a half years in the trenches, building an agency, putting CISA on a national stage. 
and I love that team. And I didn't get a chance to say, to say goodbye. So that's what I'm most upset about. I'm sorry. That's a true American patriot right there. Okay. Yeah. Like lifelong Republican. He, you know, I just, and that's what he even says. Like the reason he's doing this interview and talking is that he's like, I may not be like a public servant anymore, but I feel, you know, once you take that oath, it's hard to like, just let go of like the, the promise and the oath he made to defend the constitution and like defend our democracy. And he said that it's, it's, it was, you know, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but it's kind of ironic that he was mostly concerned about, um, you know, inner international, like, um, um, interference with like the elections right. or interference with the election when in reality most of it came from Pennsylvania Avenue you know and how this and how all of Trump's Ooh. all of Trump's you know false claims with no evidence is really undermining our democracy and making you know obviously people no longer trust our democracy and our election and again off of baseless claims when 95% of the votes have a paper record to back up the information from the machines. So Chris, um, thank you so much for your work. I think, you know, it sounds like it's some amazing stuff his team put together and I can relate to being let go and not having the opportunity to like say goodbye to your team or, you know, kind of put the finishing ties on something you built. But God, what a smack in the fucking face watching all this shit. Yeah. That would be dope if uh, Biden reinstated that committee and rehired him. Yeah, that would be cool. I would like that. And the thing is, too, with that, it's voting is democracy, right? So when you constantly criminalize it, make people cynical about it, it makes them cynical about, like, democracy in general. Right. And that's right. when authoritarians come to power. Right. Oh, and then I guess some of the other claims he refuted that Giuliani made, like that votes were counted in other countries. <laughs> so as soon as you say Giuliani now, I think of that picture with the dye rolling down his neck. It's, it's, in, it is, it's in my mind. It's burned in my mind forever. Dude, I'm telling you, like, you don't understand how many fucking parallels I see between, like, the Trump administration and this, like, one place i worked for like and like i imagine like chris krebs is like <laughs> so many times you know i've given my information to the executive team saying like hey this is what we should do and then they'll be like oh you know what somebody like their rudy giuliani or uh, sydney powell said this so they're gonna go with that instead You're like rudy giuliani <laughs> like like what i i listened to that podcast he told me all the president's lawyers mm -hmm. and uh the one lawyer on there who, when he was asked, like, if Rudy Giuliani was a good lawyer, he just started laughing. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and then the guy he was like, like, go ahead. I know, so go, go ahead, T. Sorry. I, <laughs> no, I, no, I was just going to say, and then the guy asked him, like, do you think Rudy Giuliani is, like, worth $20,000? I think it was, like, an hour or a day. I don't know. Like, that. apparently that's what he said his quote is. And the guy was like, no, I would pay like that. He's like, if I had that much money and I had a kink for watching like people be like really bad at something, <laughs> he's like, then yeah, I would pay for him to be a lawyer. He's like, yeah, I would pay a lot of money for Rudy Giuliani not to be my lawyer. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. But he I said mean, it so earnestly too. It wasn't, it was like a half joke. It was actually like, you know, if I, I'd pay I mean, but, him to keep him away from me. Do you need to know anything about like law to like listen to Rudy Giuliani for more than three seconds and be like, you know what, I'm gonna 
I think I'm going to look for somebody else. It's like, is my cousin Vinny still available? Because, like, I don't know about <laughs> you, you around. <laughs> so you're just uh, jazzing it up during Corona. Oh, uh, fun fact about Joe Pesci, he's a jazz musician and I think had a band. I think has really? a jazz band. I like yeah. Joe Pesci. I also really like, makes me, me think too. about how much Robert De Niro hates Trump. Yeah, I love, oh my God, I should just Google Robert De Niro, see what's going on with him. Just for, <laughs> I just want to see if he like tweeted or something or like, oh, yeah. you know, I haven't. I just, there's always like these like uh, clips of him on TV, like call him an, calling him an asshole. I'm like somewhere we're not supposed to be like saying asshole and he's like sorry i, I mean I, i'm sorry but it's like, i mean you're robert de niro of course you're gonna call someone an asshole when you're angry yeah um he's been paid to swear for the past 50 years <laughs> like so he knows no other language robert um i mean that's kind of all i was thinking about covering this week t it was not that it's late but it's just we're in that you know that transition period where trump is still winding biden's not president yet you know and trump's just i mean (laughs) like bro are you gonna let it go or what it's so pathetic didn't he say like oh a reporter asked how his last thanksgiving was in the white house and he said it may not be last you shouldn't say that it might be the the first of the second term or something Uh, come on it's you're such a loser it's just uh, i i mean reality is if biden was doing this if it was the other way I would be like very embarrassed. Can you imagine if like Trump had done this? I mean, Trump, I'm sorry, Obama had done this when Trump had won? <laughs> no, I can't. Even though like, again, oh, I saw somebody, it was like some TikTok or somebody was like, yo, imagine if uh, Trump had won the popular vote, but Biden had won the electoral vote. How like crazy the Trump person would have gone. <laughs> oh my God. His head would have just spun off. Oh my it God. Been- <laughs> The, the irony would have been insane, but it's like, I mean, like what happened with Hillary? Like, it would have made yeah. more, no, like it would have still been just as crazy and I would have been like, bitch, what are you doing? But like, I could have seen, I could like, I could see the outline of your plan if it had been Hillary who won the popular vote and was like, I'm not going to concede. This is crazy. I understand like, you know, and tried to like do this whole thing about trying to, you know, abolish electoral college in the right. process, which is of course insane, but at least I can like, I can follow the trail in that and say, like, this is why it's all wrong. All this stuff <laughs> with the Trump and Stop the Steal and the fraudulent votes and Hugo Chavez. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's like things aren't real just because you say they are. And I just feel like these people have had so much entitlement and privilege of just saying things are and just being so that they can't understand. Like, no, it's actually like, over like it's right you need to let it go like i hope this is i hope this is like another one of his i hope this is like an act and he's just you know grifting again well i think it is but it's too it's like such it's so damaging it's gotta be be a narcissistic spiral in there too like yeah i don't know but there's an article that came out in the washington post that that was something along the lines of the past 20 days and what's going on behind the scenes and trump is just screaming like I won, he's just being a mad king, basically. And, and wasn't it like sixty percent of his time is spent in quote unquote executive hours? Oh, like, what is that? like what? so his um his somebody like leaked like his uh his private schedule. 
Okay. And so from 8 a.m. for three hours, he had executive time. Like, no, what is that? No one, no one knows what it is. <laughs> three okay. hours, but he had it for three hours. And then at 11 a.m. he had like a meeting and then uh, intelligent briefing for 30 minutes because, I mean, that's all you really need, right? And uh, <laughs> but basically um, from November 7th to February – wait, no, this is – oh, yeah, this is from – uh, this, oh my God, this was even the beginning of his time. Majority of his time is spent at executive time. Others is meetings, the rest is lunch, events. But nobody really knows like what executive time is. It's just like Trump doing, I mean, I'm sure. It's just like he's showing up to his job late every day. I mean, That's probably, what it is. He's <laughs> watching, probably watching Fox News and tweeting. Yeah. Um, but one thing I did want to say before we go, a little serotonin drip. Oh, that uh, the world's loneliest elephant is moving to a sanctuary and he knew he knew what had some help to do with that a previous queen of the week the one the only share now oh. Oh. <laughs> now share didn't do all on her own you know there's but she did you know lend her uh her voice and her obviously her celebrity to kind of get the ball rolling a little bit more um but this elephant uh, has been from 1990 to 2000. Oh, sorry. That was his partner. No, no. Uh, since 1985, he's been living. Um, I don't even want to try to pronounce this zoo name. Margahazar Zoo in Islamabad. Okay. Uh, since, and uh, according to the animal welfare group, Four Paws. And then he was... Uh, brought there as a gift when he was one years old and then he had a partner that he lived there with from 1990 to 2012 and then she died mm. and he was heartbroken and he's been alone ever since he's just been, been living alone since 2012 oh no and did Cher see this and tweeted about it um yeah she and she worked with like the um the uh elephants are pack animals too yeah. like so they're, up. they're moving him to a sanctuary in Cambodia. Um, so he share partnered with a charity, um, Free the Wild. Uh, so she wrote on her Twitter that she met with the Pakistani prime minister to thank him for making it possible to move the elephant. And they got to move him in a plane, yo. Oh, shit. Had, have you ever seen the movie Operation Dumbo? Dumbo Drop. Dumbo Drop. <laughs> right? I actually haven't. I just know about it. I, it's like one of those fever dream things, you know? Like, I couldn't tell you exactly what happened in that movie, but I know at some point in the 90s, I watched that movie. Yeah, I like at a boys and, <laughs> and girls. There was an club, elephant in a plane. At a school. Yeah, it has Danny Glover. It's like uh, some military guys. I got a, I think there's like some kid from like, some little kid that's with them that's like, it's like has to go with the elephant or something. I don't know. They move it. But uh, so they're going to move this guy. It's like a 10-hour flight. But once he gets there, there's three female elephants that are going to be able to keep him company. Clearly, you know, it's going to take some time to socialize him before, you know. Mm -hmm. But as you said, elephants are herd animals, so they they naturally create families. So, Wow, he's going to go from nothing to three wives. I mean, I'm not gonna assume their relationships. <laughs> I'm gonna assume. I'm gonna assume the male one's gonna be raping all the girls. Um, that's what I'm assuming. You know what? I, a happy, I, listen, a happy I, <laughs> I know that elephants are a hundred percent better than humans, and I do not think that's gonna happen. Okay. First of well, all, 
We'll uh, track him. They might I'm be happy about this. Like, I'm, I, was <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why them. he had to change it by saying he's going to rape them all. First of all, why is that even part of it if they became his three wives? Well, why could it have been a consent? Have- <laughs> Wait, could- do elephants have consent? Like, is it, do elephants give consent? I don't know. I've never watched a documentary about Okay, I, Maybe I'll have to I think the que- it's interesting that <laughs> I just think it's interesting that your mind is do they give consent over do they rape? Like I feel like <laughs> I feel like consent in an animal like construct is like so different than like the way humans communicate consent. I'm sure there's like natural things like the way that you know your feathers ruffle up that like shows consent. I don't think there's <laughs> Part of the mating dance is like, yes, I agree. Let's uh, mate. But I just, I feel like if elephants were out here raping, <laughs> we would hear about it. And I, you know, I'm sorry, trigger warning. We should have said anybody that, you know, I'm not trying to make light of raping. Yes. Very no. serious thing. But again, I don't think that's what but, I But I mean, in the animal kingdom, there's a lot, there's a lot of it, you know? <laughs> but is there? <laughs> there is, there is. There's absolutely. I have to fact check this. I want to know, like, I grew up watching a lot of Discovery Channel, and that was like a key element in some of the but documentaries. It's not a key element, but it's just they mention like they don't mention it. They, they 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 skirt around it, you know. I mean, some things are like mating dances, yeah, I guess, right, where I then guess that it, that's consensual. But you know, yeah, for example, you're right. like okay. look at look at dogs. You know, look at cats. Ducks. Ducks are okay. You're right. Either way, I'm very happy. I can't wait for this elephant. <laughs> no, I'm just like, <laughs> I did not mean to ruin the serotonin trip at all. I know, I'm so fuck. happy. Like, fuck. Mine, you fucking like drain mine, ho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I got, like, I mean, I got a serotonin drip from like knowing about this earlier, but I got another <laughs> drip from telling you. And he just ruined it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whatever. Um, well, I'm happy you enjoyed it. I'm happy that guy's not going to be lonely. <clears throat> I think he's going to create a beautiful bond and new family with these female elephants. And it will be completely consensual. Oh, my God. Wait. I just read this, but I also I remember this from my days of National Geographic. Elephants are a matriarchal society. Oh, yeah. So normally the eldest female kind of makes the rules. So you know what? I take back what I said. I bet it's a consensual society. I bet elephants give consent. Hey, yo. I feel like we should do some research on this. <laughs> <laughs> the animals that have more matriarchal societies mm-hmm. have more consensual and better like communities. Let's, we're going to do a, a research report. We need <laughs> and a then diorama. We, and, and then we should can, like... Then we should compare and contrast that to like countries that have female leaders. Are you ready for that episode, y'all? Whoa. <laughs> that episode nobody asked be- for. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're bringing it to you anyway. <laughs> we're going to give it to you. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, on that note, now I'm, I'm happy again. Okay, I'm feeling good. Like, <laughs> my, my mind's racing. Um, <laughs> as always, y'all. Like, subscribe, leave us a comment, follow us at highly underscore political, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye, all. Bye.